0: Are you a little lost when it comes to marketing? Not sure where to spend your time, how to bring in the right people, or even where to get started? You know you should be doing it, but you just can't manage to figure out a method that actually works for you and your business. Join me at Audience Conversion Live, happening February 23rd through the 25th, where we're going to dive deep into the audience conversion method, give you a strategy to get started with your marketing today, and you'll get the copy written for the beginning of your customer's journey. That includes a landing page, an email sequence, and uh, what's popularly known as a lead magnet. Join me and check it out at theaudienceconverter.com slash live. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Audience Converter Podcast for Community Leaders. I'm Kimberly Whitecamp, your host conversion copywriter, and marketing strategist. And today, we're talking about two very important and intertwined topics, which is positioning yourself in the right way with your marketing and how to put it onto your website so that it actually does what you want it to do. And of course, to help me out with this, I have a wonderful, amazing guest in the guest seat today. His name is Alistair McDermott, and he's from Ireland, so I'm just loving listening to his accent, I must say. And he helps independent consultants and experts generate more leads Without having to beg for referrals or spend spammy link in messages, which, you know, I am not a fan of either. So I'm super excited to talk with Alistair. He's a former software engineer and now he's a B2B marketing consultant. He built his first website, wait for it, on GeoCities, which I don't know if all of you remember. I remember in that, uh, that design was very, very interesting, let me say, in the before time of 1996. And he's been hooked on websites ever since. So Alistair, I want to say thank you so much for being here and welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Kimberly. I'm delighted to be here.
0: Fantastic. So, you know, before we dive into websites and how to, to use them to properly position you, I want to learn more about this path you took from building stuff on GeoCities to becoming a B2B marketing consultant. So tell me a little bit about your journey to becoming an entrepreneur.
1: Sure. Well, um, I was in college back in 1996 when uh, I was doing software, software engineering, software development. And, uh, so, one thing that I did as, as kind of for fun was there was this new thing called the internet. And, uh, so, so I started building websites just, just for fun. And, um, yeah, that was interesting. And, and funny enough, I actually went then into the software. I, I didn't do much more on websites. I kind of stopped building websites in around 2000 and only got back into it about five years later.
0: Wow. Five years, you know, in the world of online, that's a huge gap.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So it, yeah, it's just, um, it was, uh, and, and like things were changing so much back then. Uh, when I, when I got back into it five years later, this new thing had, had, had just come around called WordPress. And, um, and I, I started using that, I think at the end of 2004, started 2005. And, and that became something I love building websites in. And, and so I kind of got on that train quite, quite early.
0: Yes, I will say my first website was on WordPress. My, my brother-in-law, who is an IT person as well, set it up for me. And it was a blog, uh, you know, documenting my travels across the great nation of China. Um, wow, so cool. it was mostly just a, a way to keep in touch with people. But I was like, oh, there's this new thing out there. And it's easy for me to just type it up and press send. But man, has it come a long way since.
1: Well, absolutely. It's 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 massive now. It's It's a lot more complex now, but it's still a very good system
0: absolutely a great system so you went from uh, building websites for fun then you kind of dropped off came back to it later and now you help b2b companies as a marketing consultant so mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about you know how you take that knowledge of being a software engineer and apply it to people who are who are looking to to build those websites
1: yeah well um so First off back when I started building websites in in 1996 2000 you actually needed to be a software engineer to build a website back then because we didn't have tools like wordpress which came along and made it a lot easier so i started out kind of knowing the nuts and bolts behind the scenes of of websites and and that was quite in demand back then as well when i when I started building websites and, and I, I I left my corporate programming job and and, um, and and went out on my own, I didn't actually start out doing websites straight away. I started out in the world of SEO, search engine optimization, which I enjoyed because again back then it was very technical. And uh, but what I found was that people just kept asking me for websites because because I just kept getting asked for them, and people wanted to pay me to build them websites. That's what I did, and. From that, uh, when you're building a website for somebody, uh, the way I view it is, is you're actually building a, like an avatar of their business or an avatar, a marketing avatar of their business. So you really need to understand their business very well. And you need to understand what they're trying to do from a marketing strategy point of view. And... If you if you as a web designer don't understand that and if the business owner doesn't understand that, then you end up with a very poor website, one that's just very ineffective. So somebody has to bring that to the table. And uh, so that's how I got into the kind of the marketing side. And then in the B2B marketing side is just because I prefer B2B marketing. I find it more interesting than B2C. It's, it's just a, kind of a, a personal taste thing. But um, yeah, that's how I kind of got... My, uh, my my marketing skills developed over time um, as I built more and more websites and realized, hey, if the business owner doesn't know what they're doing here, then I've got to bring that to the table.
0: Absolutely. I think that's a, a really important point that you just made, which was, you know, if you don't have a, a clear idea, right, of your business and of your marketing, uh, building a website kind of doesn't really work. <laughs> Because you need to really understand the business and really understand who you're talking to as you build out the website. So, yeah. you know, with both websites and and marketing, I like that you, you you mentioned you started with SEO, right? Because it was super technical and mm-hmm. uh, websites back then you had you had to be an engineer to be able to build them. And now we've got these things where you literally drag and drop, right? You drag yeah. and drop and build whatever you want it to look like, essentially. So, tell me a little bit about uh, you know the importance of. You you had briefly mentioned it, that you really need to understand your business uh, and your marketing plan before building out that website. So what's kind of like that first step for people?
1: Yeah, so um, I, I guess the, the actual building of the website has become a bit commoditized now. Uh, and it's possible for anybody to build a website, you know, if they have the knowledge and you, the, the, the tools don't get in the way now, but you still need to know what you're doing. And uh, I mean, I know you, you have a copywriting background. It's really important what you actually write on your website, the, the text that you're using on there. And that text typically is what's going to position you. And, uh, and this is why I find, I think, B2B stuff a bit more interesting. In the world of B2C, if you're, if you're selling you know, a pair of Nike or um, you, know, you sell iPhones or whatever, you, you can put a picture of the product that you sell up on your website and people will know what you sell. But if you're selling a professional service b2b it's usually a bit more nuanced than that you need to explain it a bit more it's usually a bit more complex and that's where your positioning it really makes a big difference and uh, and i think that's where the, the 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 messaging some people call it the copy some people call it um that's where that really comes into play and and having that kind of strategy and understanding what you're actually putting down and so i think it goes back to having a a really clear understanding of what you do who you do it for And I like to use a value proposition or a positioning statement for that.
0: Absolutely. I mean, as a copywriter, right, I definitely agree that uh the words you put out there are are what's going to help you stand out. I mean, uh, as as you've mentioned, right, building the website has become commoditized. A lot of people decide to do it themselves or they they do hand it off to somebody, but it's mostly because they don't want to do it, not because they couldn't do it because the, of the advances in the technology. But I do think that so many people are focused on oh, it needs to look pretty that they forget you really need to Communicate to the people who are visiting your site the importance and how you are different. You know, what is it that you do? Who do you serve? And how is it that what you're doing is different? So do you have any, um, hacks or tips or tricks to, to make sure that you're getting your positioning right
1: first? Well, I, I like to go back to, to absolute basics and I like to go back to a really simple positioning statement, which is just, We help these people solve this problem Uh, and and just name who you're helping and what you're doing for them. Uh, And there's a couple of different variations on that. We help these people solve this problem. We help these people get this result and you can also add in by doing this so that they can do this and and what that gives you is that gives you just like a little template and you fill in the blanks on that and and that gives you something that can be the fulcrum of your entire marketing strategy so everything else hinges on that and what that allows you to do then is 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 you say okay is this podcast that i'm going on or is is this blog post that i'm writing does it help this audience with solve this problem? And if it doesn't, then maybe we should be spending our time or our money on something else. And so that, that, that for me is, is a really simple, uh, effective tool that you can use is this, this simple format of positioning statement. And actually I like to put that front and center on a website homepage particularly if if it's some sort of um professional service where it's not really clear um you know from the business name or you know you see these photographs of people shaking hands or sitting sitting around a board table you know it, that doesn't really help people understand what what the business is about whereas a simple statement like that really can help the the visitor to understand that they're in the right place for them
0: Absolutely. I mean, uh, especially with the popularity of using uh, graphics tools and using stock photography. You know, I've been on so many websites where I've seen the exact same image when it's talking about blogging or talking about business. It's like this little computer on a desk with like a a notepad next to it, which is great. It kind of matches what you're talking about. But you really do need that statement to explain to people what it is that you're doing because that's not enough to tell people. Okay, so it's really important, obviously, to get your position positioning right and to, to create that value statement. Uh, mm-hmm. But what happens if you uh, if you get it
1: wrong? So first of all, I'll, I'll say that I think everybody will get it wrong. So don't worry about getting it wrong because you probably will. Positioning statement is something that evolves over time. And uh, it's something, I mean, I would go back to it maybe every month or every quarter and and, and look at it and, and say, okay, I'm going to tweak, tweak the language here, tweak the language there. And uh, I have a video on my YouTube channel where I, I I walk through. I have a positioning history spreadsheet that where I, I walk through um, fourteen years of of my business, what my positioning was at the time, and how it developed over time. So um, yeah, it, it's something that, that that changes. So so don't worry about getting it wrong. But I, I would say I would urge you to start working on it. Uh, like it, it is really important because. It allows you once you have that, everything else kind of fits into place Uh, like it is it it is the the kind of the the hinge or the the, the center, the center cogwheel that everything else turns on. So, um, yeah, I think it's really important, particularly in in those businesses where what you do needs a little bit of explanation.
0: I couldn't agree more. And I love that you said everyone's going to get it wrong because we have this kind of mental block for a lot of us, right? And I think part of it's just the way that we're taught in school is failure is bad or getting something wrong is bad. But honestly, as a business owner, and of course, for the people you serve as well, both groups are evolving over time, right? The, yeah. the place I started at as a copywriter is completely different now than it was five years ago. Um, I started in a completely different industry. I actually wrote for the software industry, specifically for travel software companies. And I did that for several years. And now I serve a completely different audience. So the way that you position yourself is going to change over time. And that's a good thing because it means you're constantly growing.
1: Yeah. And and sometimes that's because you've decided to change your business or sometimes that's just because you've gotten a little bit more specific um, about the wording of who you're targeting or what the, the precise service is or the precise result or problem that you're solving. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a, it's really important. I like to have it front and center on the homepage of, of a website. I, I think it just helps to center visitors when they arrive. They know exactly if you can help them or if you're not for them, which is just as important. And they also know who you help. If you don't help them, uh, they might be able to refer somebody to you because they know who you, you can help.
0: Definitely, and that's a. I think that's a, a missed opportunity for a lot of people. Is the idea that oh, if I uh, if I get it too specific, then people who land here maybe I could help them in some way. But the reality is, you want to be helping that specific person and making it clear enough to where other people can think of you mm-hmm. if they know somebody who is looking for your help
1: yeah and if you have something like you know we help dentists with um Facebook marketing, if you have something like that on your website and a a general practitioner g p doctor comes along and they see that they may decide to contact you anyway, even though you say dentists on there you know and you don 't have to turn them away there's no there 's no specialization police who come along and say you have to turn these people away, but having that specific calling out makes every dentist who sees that webpage makes them or sees that text. It makes them feel this is for, for us. This is, this is exactly who we who we are for, you know?
0: Absolutely. I love that idea of the specialization police, right? Uh, because we have to remember that we get to choose who we take on as clients.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: You know, so if you get somebody who isn't your exact ideal avatar, but you like the project idea or you like them or you want to help them do what they're doing, uh, there's nothing that says you can't take that project on. But when creating any kind of marketing, whether it's your website, whether it's social media, whether it's your email campaigns, whether it's figuring out, you know, uh, am I going to launch a podcast Um Every single part of your marketing strategy that you put into place needs to be speaking to the people you really are best suited to serve. Because if you, you know, I I believe the phrase is, if you help everybody, you help nobody. You know, if you try and please everybody, you please nobody. So the more general your statements are, the less helpful they are
1: yeah and and so i'm a big fan of specialization there's there's several different types of specialization you can go down you can pick a platform like say i'm a wordpress expert for example or um you know i'm a facebook expert a facebook ads expert or you you can pick a a just a problem area like we we help businesses with with social media advertising or you know we help businesses with with branding and brand strategy uh or you can pick a specific vertical and do vertical specialization a bit like what I've done with with consultants you can say we we work only in this specific vertical so we help energy companies and you know and and then you can cross those you can have we help energy consult we we help energy uh companies with uh facebook advertising and uh, uh, that's getting really niche down and That feels scary because you're turning away opportunity. But I bet you even just saying that statement, that will make those companies who who do fit within that and who have that problem, that will make them really interested in talking to you as opposed to the generalist who says, we help everybody with social media.
0: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And it's a, it's one of the things I, I talk about a lot is the importance of defining who you're going to serve and then, you know, making the commitment to create the marketing that speaks to those people. You know, as you said, right? Anyone with social media. Well, those are two really broad categories. But if you talk about energy companies for social media, then it's a much more narrow category, but it's also a lot more powerful because anyone who comes to you, they're going to expect to, to pay for the value you can bring specifically to their type of
1: business. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and by the way, the, the, the example of energy companies, um, that's coming from a consultant too, who I interviewed who had his firm of, I think he had five or six uh, in total. They beat out uh, PwC who at the time had 250,000 staff uh, and they beat them out for a contract in the energy industry based on the fact that they were specialized Uh, and BWC obviously is, is massive. Um, but this tiny little firm of six people beat out, you know, one of these huge global, um, multinationals. So it just shows you the, the effectiveness of, um, of specialization.
0: Absolutely. I love those kinds of stories because it really uh, brings home the idea that the importance of specialization is there. So one of the things that you mentioned earlier, right, is that um, your positioning statement is going to change. It's going to change with you. It's going to change with your audience. It's going to change with uh, where you find your best at working with, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell me a little bit about, you know, you you mentioned you had a video uh, where you can uh, People can see how your statement has changed, but how do you, uh, bring in people to you and then convert them with your own positioning statement?
1: So, uh, so uh, are you talking about my, my positioning statement now, if that's what you're talking about? Yeah. Um, so my positioning statement now is, is, um, I help independent consultants, um, to, uh, to oh what is it now actually? Uh uh-uh. oh, <laughs> this is the problem. This is the problem when you when you change a positioning statement. Um, but yeah, so I, I help independent consultants to generate more leads by upgrading their their business development so that they can eliminate dependence on referrals. And that does change because I, I tweak those sentences on a, on a regular basis. Um, and in fact, I'm I'm in the middle of tweaking it right now. So just i i get my myself a bit mixed, but. Uh, what I'll say is the things that don't change is who I help and the the basis of what I do. So I help independent consultants to generate more leads and the the other parts by doing this and, and so that they can get this. Those are the parts that I change a bit more often. Now I think it's important to settle on a specific target market and I think it's, it's important to, uh, to name who your target market is in a way that they self describe. And what I mean by that is I could say that I help B2B professional service providers. Um, but there's no B2B professional service provider who thinks of themselves in that way. They think of themselves as a consultant and, and other people, if I said to you, do you know any B2B professional service providers? You may think of that if that's the way your, your mind works, but normally it's easier. If if I said to you, do you know any independent consultants that's going to trigger a thought process where you know, somebody who fits in that bracket, you know?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And that's, that's my entire approach, right? With the audience conversion method is step one is you have to define your audience. If you don't know who you're talking to. Then there's no point in trying to figure out exactly what you're going to offer or how you're going to create your entire marketing campaign. It was one of my biggest complaints with working in the industry I was working in because often I would ask people, okay, who, who is your target? And the first answer I would get would be usually, oh, anybody, right? Yeah. Anybody who's a hotel owner or something. I'm like, well, that, that's not an answer. And my second answer I would usually get would be something along the lines of, well, we work with hotels who have over 250 rooms. And I would explain to people, look, a hotel is isn't going to read this. A hotel is a building. A person at that hotel is going to read it. Who is that person? Really defining who it is that they needed to be able to have that first conversation and have the final conversation with. So it's (laughs) really important to be able to really define your target market first so that you know, you know, who are these people? What are they like? Do you know anyone who fits that description? Then it makes it so much easier to create that positioning statement and of course, create the rest of your marketing.
1: Yeah, the other thing about that is if you – and this goes back to the vertical specialization thing if, – if they are – in a in a vertical market, usually you can find out what conferences they go to because they they collect they 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 hang around together. So you can find what conferences they go to, what um you know what their trade publications are, what email lists they subscribe to, who are the industry leaders, what books have they all read because they they tend to hang around together. It's much easier to to find those people when they're hanging around together and, and they're quite similar. If you say you know what books does everybody read. Then, you know, it's, it's impossible because it's everybody. So, you know, y- y- having that, that specific, um, focus really helps to, uh, to figure out what your marketing is going to be because you know what, what social media channels to go on.
0: Absolutely. And that's a really great segue to my next question, which is, you know, it's really important to know where your people are hanging out so that then you can take them from not knowing who you are, from strangers to converting them to interested people and then to loyal fans. So tell me a little bit about where do you find your people and how do you convert them from strangers to loyal fans?
1: So now I uh, go on LinkedIn uh, and that's where I like to hang out now. Um, it used to be more Facebook. I've kind of personally moved away from Facebook a little bit. I'm 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 not so keen on their business models and things like that. But also, I found that um, yeah, L- LinkedIn is 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 where my my target market are hanging around, and it's where um, and it's just I think it's 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 a nicer platform. Um, I don't think that, you know, the tools of the platform are as good as on Facebook. Facebook's a lot more sophisticated in how you can target people with advertising and live streams and all that kind of stuff. But, um, LinkedIn is, is where my people are. So, so that's where I am. Uh, And what I do on there is, is, um, I, I connect with people regularly. I post, um, different types of posts, text posts and video posts sometimes, and then I also sometimes link out to my email list and um, and and invite people to join that. So so yeah, I've I've grown my audience quite significantly on on LinkedIn. Um, in in uh, about three or four months, I did a a survey uh, which also had a, a connection request, and I grew my audience from one thousand to four thousand five hundred over about three or four months doing that. So that was. Probably growing a little bit too quickly, to be honest, because I got a slap from LinkedIn. But um that was very effective in growing my audience, and also got me a lot of information.
0: Absolutely! Wow, I, I you're doing too well at, at growing your network. That's a it's a good problem to have, I guess. But you know, it's a it's a great. Uh, just really quick breakdown, right? Of how this can really work because you've got your positioning statement. So you know exactly who you need to be connecting with on LinkedIn. And then you you know what you're doing, right? And you know how you're going to help them. So that helps you craft that message and then really create that connection that brings them into your world, which is just, it's a great way of looking at it. And it's a great demonstration of the importance of positioning yourself in a way that people understand what you
1: do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and for me, it it goes back to that positioning statement. It is the it is the basic directions. You know, if you if you if you're on the East Coast, US, and you you say where are we going? Well if you don't know where you're going you, you can't set out but if you say we're going to LA it's like okay n- now we can decide which route we want to go do we want to go historic route 66 do we want to fly do we want to um want to go go up through the 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 north north northernmost states you know do we want to drive through canada you, you can choose the route because you know where what the target is if you don't have that picked from the start it's you can't move because you're trying to do everything and what happens is you, you you find people who don't have that clear positioning and they're just they're just trying things they're they're um, i think somebody called uh, somebody called it random acts of marketing uh, which I think is a great <laughs> phrase because it's, they're just trying everything and it's not working for them
0: Definitely, I, I I am well acquainted with people using random acts of marketing, or the my my more favorite term is the spray and pray method, which is basically <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna try everything under the sun and hope one of them works. But when you have a, a targeted plan in place, it's it's the right first step to take. So, Alistair, uh, I want to say thank you for for coming on, for sharing your wisdom with us, and you know we've talked about so many different things today in terms of uh, creating your positioning, uh, how to use your website as the right positioning tool for your business, what would you say is that first step? What's the next action step for people to take right now?
1: Um, If you don't have a, a positioning statement... Then, um, well, so I have a website called marketingforconsultants.com. dot I, I write about a lot of this kind of stuff over there. You, you can look through my, my blog section for, for writing about this. I, I would say if you don't have a positioning statement, then I would spend some time, take a couple hours to work on that and then come back uh, to it later and just work on that positioning statement, run it by a few people to see, does it make sense? If you do have a positioning statement, just go back and check it. Check. Does it make sense? If you have a website and you have the words welcome to on your website uh, on your homepage <laughs> I would say replace that welcome to uh, section with your positioning statement um wherever it is that that's kind of uh, just a basic a basic thing that I, I I I like to see people do put your positioning statement in there it'll help you a lot more people don't need to be welcome to your website but telling them they're in the right place for them will really help and yeah, you can find out a lot more about this uh, at marketingforconsultants.com. I have an email list on there. You're welcome to sign up and I'll send you um, send you a few things, including about the positioning statement.
0: Fantastic. And of course, we, we covered the basic positioning statement you can get started with today earlier in the episode. And, you know, be sure to check out marketingforconsultants.com and, and get access to all of those free resources on the blog that Alistair has been talking about. So Alistair, again, thank you so much for being here and for being on the show.
1: Thanks, Kimberly. Pleasure.
0: All right, everyone. Until next time, remember, keep calm and carry on. Thanks for listening to the Audience Converter Podcast. For more information and important links about today's show or for access to our website, visit theaudienceconverter.com. Take a moment to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.